Today on the Travel Guys. In the travel news, suddenly every airline seems to be worried about families sitting together, and Princess Cruise announces some big discounts on selected cruise destinations. Those stories and more next in the travel news. Basic economy is the legacy airline's answer to low-cost carriers' no-frills fares. Is basic economy something that you should consider? Well, we ran down the pluses and the minuses, and we'll check them out and share them with, share them with you in our Smarter Traveler segment at 320. Route 66. If you are a traveler who enjoys off-the-beaten-track adventures, Route 66 could be your idea of heaven. At 335, I'll take you down half my favorite old highway from Chicago to Oklahoma City, a road trip for the ages. We have selected some of your questions from the mailbag and answers about plane connections, airport gasoline prices, and housekeeping in hotels. Head the list at 350. Making you a smarter traveler, we are the Travel Guys. On the road again, I've been everywhere, man. Hey there, Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano, the travel and entertainment guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Understand we're having some technical difficulties on my end. How do I, how am I sounding, Caitlin? I, I ask my dates this all the time. Not so great. Okay, it's Mark and Tom, the travel and entertainment guys. While I re reset myself, I'm going to turn it over to Mark. Mark, are you with me? I am, sir. I am, I am, I am. Um, All right. Let's see here. I wanted to just talk, mention something at the top of the of the program here. Um, we have a variety of local news sources here in town. This doesn't have a really a whole lot to do with travel, but I just wanted to compliment the news and review. I think that probably the best local reporting is being done right now by the news and review. If you haven't read it for a while because you thought it was an old street rag and it didn't have anything in it of any real importance to you, um, it does. It's a good newspaper and a good and and it has a lot of good local news. Unfortunately, the B has become kind of they've got a short staff and a, it's become more of a wire service newspaper. A lot of the news is a day old. Um, I really recommend the news and review as some place that might be. Kind of a cool place to pick up local news. You might even throw them a few bucks once in a while. That might not be a bad idea. How you doing there, Thomas? Doing. I, you know, everything sounds good at this end. Do I still sound like crap on the radio? <laughs> Am I still breaking up? Huh? No, you sound better now than you did during the headlines. So. Okay. Well, you know, it. that's what happens when you start having that six-pack way too early. <laughs> On a Not Sunday, true. Okay. Almost. Well, you know, sometimes this equipment, just like uh, stuff that you have at home or in your car, or whatever, in uh, computers these days, if uh, if it's not working quite right, uh, reboot. Yeah. Turn it off. Turn it back on. The in fact, when you call tech support for pretty much anything these days, the first thing they want you to do is uh, is basically uh, reconnect. So. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to turn myself up just a teeny bit here for Caitlin. And uh, at any rate, we are the Travel Guys, and at the top of every Travel Guys radio program, bring you up to date on the travel news. And as always with it, here's Mark Hoffman. 
All right, here's some quick headlines. TSA PreCheck has set a record by, by by surpassing 15 million members, signed up more people in the month of February than they have ever signed up in any month in their limited history. Delta Airlines pilots, we've talked about how they had negotiated a great contract. They have signed their new contract. They get several big raises, and they also have a deal in their contract that says if anybody else gets a better deal than them, tear up the one they have and give them a 1% better deal than the other guys. So how's that for pressure, United American and Southwest? Princess Cruise Lines is offering 40% off and $100 deposits on a limited number of destinations for a limited time. If you have a travel advisor, or even if you don't, uh, you might want to consider getting in touch with them and checking this out. Some of the Alaska, Hawaii, Mexico, the Caribbean, uh, South America, Asia, Australia, and New Zealand, it's only available on limited departures, 40% off, and a $100 deposit per guest. That's a pretty good deal if you are a cruiser. United Airlines began offering has begun offering... Free Wi-Fi to eligible T-Mobile customers. It's uh, available now on its on United's entire mainland fleet. So if you are a T-Mobile customer, you can get free Wi-Fi on United. If you aren't, you will have to pay for it. Uh, speaking of United, United Airlines says that a pilot shortage is going to erode U.S. discounters' low-cost edge. Uh, United says that the fact that there are is a shortage of pilots and that the U.S. rule of pilots having to have 1,500 hours of minimum experience before earning an air transport pilot license means that there's going to continue to be a shortage of pilots for a while. That means that people are going to have to pay up for pilots, as we are seeing in the new airline pilot contracts. The United Executive says that's going to be a serious disadvantage for the ultra-low fare carriers like Spirit and Frontier because their costs are going to go up. And Toronto Airport, if you fly through Canada, is going to cap flights and passengers starting in March and all the way through peak summer travel. They had a very bad time last year with delays and the like in Toronto. It's a huge airport, the biggest airport in in Canada. So if you are flying through Toronto during the summer, Months, particularly on a vacation to or from somewhere, you might want to take a look and see if there have been any flight changes because they're going to reconnoiter the entire airport flight system. Let's see. What else have we got here? Southwest Airlines is raising the cost of getting on the plane early. You know, their early boarding thing used to be $15 across the board. Mm -hmm. Now Southwest is going to instigate dynamic pricing. Thomas, you will now have to pay uh, between... between fifteen and fifty dollars to get on the plane earlier. Okay. Now, now dynamic pricing. You know, as uh, as I understand it, uh, if you want to go see a ball game that's more popular, mm-hmm. it's going to cost you more. So, does this mean if you're flying to more popular destinations, uh, such as oh, I don't know, uh, you're going to Disneyland or you're going to Florida or whatever? that the, the the cost of that uh, early boarding is going to be higher because of the destination you're going to you're going to be there is going to be a lot more uh, interest tom i think this has to do with the longer flights this I has see. to do with southwest nonstops like oh let's say to hawaii uh, mm-hmm. my guess is that they've only got 15 of those early boarding slots and they're probably selling them all at 15 or 20 dollars so they're figuring 
that the market will bear 30 or 40 or maybe even $50 for some of those. I'm thinking also probably some of the Transcon uh, nonstops. <clears throat> Things that are more than three, three and a half hours probably are where you're going to see uh, an increase in the cost of getting that that early boarding uh, number with Southwest. That's just my guess. Okay. Well, you know, and in, in, I know in the past I used to occasionally try to pretend that I was a child, uh, <laughs> and they would say, well, your your personality and attitude definitely qualifies, but I'm sorry, you're way too large. We're going to so talk I, about this on a future <laughs> program. Uh, I'm kind of working on a, a segment here that has to do with the wheelchair boarding. It's really gotten out of hand uh, in some places and it's it's starting to outstrip the airports and airlines' capacity to be able to serve people. And many of us are very suspicious about this sudden surge in wheelchair requests because it seems as though a lot of people are using this to scam the system, particularly at Southwest. So I think you're going to see uh, I, I think you're going to see some further requirements. Uh, I, I think the airlines are in a difficult situation because it's, they don't want to offend someone who has a legitimate disability, but there are a lot of people who don't have legitimate disabilities who are using the system to get on the airplane earlier. And that's a bit of a problem. So I'm going to suggest that if you're one of those people who's doing that, the airlines are coming for you. Um, they Because here's the problem. You land in an airport, and uh, it's a medium-sized airport, and you've got a connection, let's say Sacramento. And you've got all these people requesting wheelchairs. Well, there's only a limited number of wheelchairs in the airport. A flight can't take off until people get there who have wheelchair assistance from a connection. So if they don't have enough people to get those people down the hallway to their new flight, your flight can't leave, and maybe you have a connection somewhere, and that causes you to miss it. So it's, you know, air air travel is all based on time. So if if people are gaming the system and the other problem is that people who have legitimate disabilities suddenly can't get the service that they need in order to be able to fly because some idiot is trying to get on the plane early so i don't have a whole lot of patience for people who pull stuff like that um you know you can you can upgrade to a better seat you can pay a few extra bucks but if you're going to game the system at the expense of disabled people then you are not my friend when we travel yeah, you know the miracle, the miracle flights. We uh-huh. talked about this a couple of years ago. I think yep. it's a time to kind of revisit that. It's hard to believe that people actually do that. that people they... who are wheeled on and like a miracle, they walk off under their own power. Don't need a wheelchair on the other end because they've been cured in flight. Pretty hey, much it. Here's uh, let's get a couple more, couple more things in here if we can. Here's Carnival Cruise Lines is sending a message to spring break travelers ahead of what is one of their busiest time of the year. They say if you are bringing hard liquor, beer, or marijuana on board one of their ships, even if it's medical marijuana, it's not allowed on board. Um, They adhere to federal laws, so no matter what state you live in or what the rules are where you live, uh, weed is not allowed on carnival ships, and they look like they're pretty serious about it. Um, They have outlined some fines and some we will put you off, maybe not in a rowboat in the middle of the night, but nonetheless at the next port of call, and you'll be on your own to get home. They also have highlighted their alcohol policies 
um, and reminded folks that you can bring one bottle of wine on board if you wish you're having a special occasion or something like that and you've got uh, a bottle of wine that you want to bring with you, that's fine. Um, Keep in mind, these folks x-ray all your bags, so if you think that you're going to sneak something on board that they're not going to know about, they are probably way better than the TSA because it's in their best interests that you don't bring some of this stuff on board. They won't even, the cruise lines, Tom, won't even let you bring sealed bottles of water and stuff on board because, you know, of course, they're, they'll tell you otherwise, and I'll tell you that it's because they want to mm-hmm. sell you water on board for three or right. four bucks to throw um, rather than you bringing it on. So if you have any questions about what you can bring on a cruise ship, you probably should ask before it's time to get on board because mm-hmm. uh, the cruise lines, obviously Carnival, is really sending out a message here. It's This is the most strongly worded thing that I've seen uh, from any cruise line ever. So they are encouraging people to check their uh, – They have to, you have to acknowledge their code of conduct before you get on board. Um, they want to keep down noise in the hallways and stuff. Carnival has said music speakers and large radios will be confiscated from travelers and won't be returned to the end of the trip. So wow. they are serious about this. Um, no, more, but, no more big old boom boxes. <laughs> I can't even imagine somebody doing that. I well, mean, you know, you know, I mean, some people live in their own little world, and when music. they stay in a hotel or, uh, you know, they're out camping in campsites or something, there are other people around. They forget that the, you know, they're sharing space with other people. American Airlines has guaranteed that families will sit together. They've joined uh, both United Airlines and Frontier Airlines by announcing new family seating policies. This follows President Biden's announcement about cracking down on travel junk fees. One of the things he went after was families seated, seating together. American is actually going a little bit further than some of the other carriers. But if you are traveling with a family, I'm not going to break down all of this uh, on the air here. But if you're traveling with a family, the airlines are taking some steps to make sure that it's easier for your family to sit together, which, after all, makes you know fairly common sense before the federal government comes and makes them do it. So uh, I think they're trying to show the airlines are trying to show what incredibly good citizens they are by allowing families to sit together on board. Here's a note from our friends at Travel Pulse says the popularity of workation uh, travel is is growing and growing. People who are going on vacation with the intent of working on vacation. The numbers are staggering Um, from seven to eight percent pre-covid to in the 40 percentile range post-COVID. Lots more people are saying, you know, I can combine these two. Well, heck, they're working at home anyway, many of them. So what says that you says that you couldn't go on the road and work like that? I do it all the time. And here's a final note from Travel Mole. Uh, comes to us from Thursday. Says a man arrested for explosive device in a checked bag. I didn't see this anywhere else. The guy was arrested by the FBI for allegedly trying to take explosives on a flight, a 40-year-old was on an Allegiant Air flight from the Lehigh Valley International Airport to Orlando. TSA screening officers spotted the item, and he was paged over the airport intercom system. This must have been in his checked baggage. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, he fled the airport. He was later arrested at his home. Device contained fuses and explosive powder similar to commercial fireworks. He is charged with possession of an explosive device in an airport and attempting to place an explosive device on an aircraft. His life just got a lot more complicated. And that is your travel news for today. 
Mark and I are literally on a workation as we speak right now. We're working and being on vacation at the same speak time. Speak for yourself. I'm in my office. I've been. I got here at nine this morning. I've been working since I got here. So and I'm and 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 I got a couple hours now, worth now of folks, work. Now, folks, do, do are you really show. buying all of this? Yeah. Uh huh. Well, it's see Saturday at at Sports Leisure Vacations weekends are where uh, you can get things done because you don't have two distractions. Uh, travelers and clients calling on the telephone and coming into the office and staff members bothering you with important things that they need help with. So on the weekends, I can get on Saturday, I build the radio show and on Saturday morning and then Saturday afternoon, I get some work done, come in Sunday and finish the radio show and get some things done and. Then I yak at you at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. All right. Well, well, with all that being said, let's yak on about basic economy. Yak on. The legacy airlines answer to low-cost carriers, no fills fares. Mark, uh, how often do you use basic economy? What are your thoughts? Never, never, never. pluses and minus. Never, never, never. Um, Okay, listen, folks. There's three ways to do this these days. You fly a legacy carrier like United, Delta, American. You pay... A full fare, you buy your luggage on board, you can bring a carry-on, they'll give you a seat for free, it may not be the seat that you want, you can pay up for a better seat, etc. That's one way to do this. Another way to do this is to go with a super discount carrier and hope for the best, pay for everything a la carte. And if you're not taking a carry-on, you don't care what seat you get put in, things of that sort, you can fly reasonably cheap, reasonably inexpensive. Um, the third way to do it is just to make sure it is to buy your own way into first class, um, upgraded economy, whatever, so that you don't have to hassle with it. God bless you if you can afford to do those things. A lot of folks cannot. So a lot of folks, especially younger travelers, um, have used low-cost carriers like Spirit and Frontier to get around for years. And so what the airlines did in recent years in order to uh, combat this new competition was they created something called basic economy, which is a stripped down version, if there is such a thing, of their economy tickets. So what it means is that uh, you are going to earn fewer miles when you travel, like on American regular flyers earn five times uh, frequent flyer points in the miles traveled. People flying basic economy earn only two times. Um uh, elite travelers save some of their privileges when they happen to fly basic economy. But, of course, the problem is you're not going to earn very many credits, so you're not going to be an elite flyer next year. So the only time an, a, a, an elite flyer is going to do that is maybe on a one-time basis. You're going to board the plane last. You're going to have the hardest time putting your stuff in the overhead. Um, you're going to pay if you want an assigned seat. You're going to pay for just about everything. But basic economy on a United American Delta flight, is going to include some of the basic services that they give to their regular economy customers. I don't really recommend this for anybody who is particular in any way. But if you absolutely have to get there as inexpensively as you can, then basic economy is a reasonably good way to go. I think American probably has the best rules regarding basic economy. If you're just looking for, you know, that's where I would start. Uh, from Sacramento, its uh, basic economy is not offered on every flight, but it's offered on many of them. In some cases, you'll find it's only 20 or $30 less than a regular flight. But on a cross-country trip or to a secondary city, you could find a flight that was 2 or maybe even $300 cheaper round trip. And that might make the difference between you being able to go and not. Another idea for these basic economy, last-minute tickets. 
where you absolutely have to pay through the, the roof, you may only be able to get a middle seat on a plane at that point anyway if you're flying a few days ahead of time. If basic economy is available, spin the wheel. Listen, some of the people who buy basic economy end up in the economy plus seats because that's all that's left when it's time to assign them. So it's kind of a crapshoot, but there is a possibility that you could win the big box on the display floor and pay a lot less than the person sitting in the seat next to you just because you were willing to say, I'll take whatever I get. Does that make sense? It does. It does. It makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, here again, you could just fly southwest. Yep. And that would be my <laughs> that would be the third way to do this is. But here again, southwest, you know, and I always have to qualify this because most people already know it. I want to make sure they know that I do, too. And that is that southwest does not fly everywhere. No, they don't, but they fly more places from Sacramento than all the rest of the airlines combined in terms of numbers of flights. So um, Southwest, is you're right, isn't really designed as a connecting airline, but you can, and lots of people do. But Southwest will take you to places like Boise and Spokane and places like that that you can't fly on any other carrier. You've got to connect, go through a, a hub airport. Sometimes the layover is two, three hours. You've got two flights where there's twice as much chance that something can go wrong as one. Personally, I think if you're headed towards basic economy, make a stop at Southwest first and see what the fare is there. Because remember, with Southwest, you get to bring that bag on for free. You can bring two bags. You can check two bags for free. So there's your your basic bag and the carry-on bag you're going to get charged for at Frontier. Southwest flies them for free. So that's 140 bucks round trip. Uh, if the fare is about the same, then I'm just going to suggest also that you know Southwest flies a little bit more often. And they've had their share of problems, but I think they're back to being a reasonably dependable airline. You know, Mark, uh, okay, quiz. Name name a uh, a road, a route mm-hmm. that has a an amusement park themed land as well as a ride. Not exactly named after it, but definitely built in its likeness. I have no idea what you're talking about. Radiator Springs in Disneyland. Oh, in Disneyland. Okay, is is a clone of uh, of Route sixty six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Cars it land. absolutely is. Cars. The the Disney movie Cars is actually uh, loosely based on a number of Route sixty six places. The man who put that story together went out on Route sixty six, and yes, Radiator Springs is a. Uh, is a takeoff on one of the stops. You know, this old highway runs from Chicago to Los Angeles. It's about 2,600 miles, 25, 2,600 miles. And a lot of it still exists. It was replaced, of course, by the interstate highway system and uh, is one of two. Well, there are lots of famous old highways across the country. Lincoln Highway would be the oldest. It was the first transcontinental route. I wouldn't call it a highway. It was a string of farm-to-market roads and connector roads, and it actually runs through Sacramento in a, in a couple of different alignments. In fact, the Lincoln Highway is having their annual conference in Folsom uh, this year, and so we're going to dedicate some time to that on a May show and talk about that highway, which came along 15 years before Route 66. So Route 66 in the mid-20s was the first effort at creating roads that really allowed people in an automobile to travel great distances. And by great distances, I'm talking about 150, 200 miles a day. 
Now we would say four or 500 miles a day would be a great distance by automobile. But then there were a lot of other things that you had to be concerned about along the way. Plus, you know, cars weren't exactly built to go 70 miles an hour. The old, the old highway starts in Chicago, um, right in downtown Chicago, uh, not too far from the Palmer House Hotel, which is where our groups always stay when we, uh, uh, when we go back there, full disclosure, Tom, um, Sports Leisure Vacations is doing a Route 66 tour um, this fall. I mean, this spring, the first half, and then the second half in the fall. The first half is already full. You can put your name on a wait list if you want. Um, there's still some seats on the second half, which is uh, in October, and we'll talk about that on a show later on. But I thought this would be of some value to folks. And if you're thinking about a Route 66 trip, the itineraries for our two trips are online at sportsleisure.com, in fact, there's a link, travelguysradio.com, if you want to see. Even if you don't want to travel with a group, you could take that itinerary and make it the basis of putting together a road trip on your own. It would give you an idea of some of the places to stay because there are, you know, there are attractions all along the road that were big in the day. And think now back to the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, before we had Disneyland and big theme parks and the like, uh, maybe a giant astronaut by the side of the road would be of, of interest, or um, a museum perhaps that uh, uh, highlighted the careers of Jesse James and Will Rogers. Those are two places that can be found along the highway. Mickey Mantle's hometown of Commerce, Oklahoma is on Route 66. In fact, uh, we go to Mickey's uh, house, and one of the things that we do on the old highway just to support folks along the way is we give a donation to the Commerce Oklahoma baseball team every time we go through, which is where Mickey Mantle played his high school uh, baseball. That is so cool. You know, um, you have taken the trip starting back in what, Mark, 97? 97 was the first one, yep. All right. Uh, And uh, as you mentioned, you know, there's one way to get there and one way to get back. Uh, Do you have a preference uh, uh, as to which which particular east to west, west to east uh, you you like best? Yeah, you have to travel. You have to travel Route 66 from Chicago to Los Angeles. And even if you only do a segment of it, I still suggest that you try to go east to west if at all possible. If it's not possible to do that, then, you know, do it whatever way you can. But it makes a lot more sense if you do it from Chicago to Los Angeles. Also, Route 66 was a big road during the Dust Bowl in the in the 30s and 40s when people in the middle of the country and the, the droughts were awful and the crops were dying. And they got in their cars and they came they came west um, to California, oftentimes with virtually nothing in their pockets and their tires bare. And um, so it's it's a little bit of a migrant sort of road within the country. But historically, I think it fits better if you go east to west. And also, you need to remember that this is not like about driving an interstate and just getting from one place to another. So if that's your your goal, then take the interstate or take an airplane or have someone drive your route. Sixty six is for people who really don't care when they get there. Right. Yeah. Um, we take 10 days to go from Chicago to Oklahoma City. You could probably drive it in three. 
So we're stopping at every little point along the way <laughs> to uh, – we never miss a feeding on a route. The restaurants along the way in Chicago, there's a great place called Lou Mitchell's in the Loop in downtown Chicago where you have to have breakfast on the first day, Lou Mitchell's. It's absolutely mandatory if you're going to do Route 66. And then along the way, there's all these cute, cool places, some of them with great names. Uh, the Missouri Hick Barbecue in Cuba, Missouri, uh, which is a, a – a, some of the best barbecue around the rock cafe um which is a, a little place that this gal started it had been around for a long time she fell into it about 25 years ago she'd had a job on a cruise line um dawn is a great lady and if you go there she'll tell you the whole story she loves to talk um pops on along the old highway is a place that just sells all kinds of different brands of soda pop in springfield you can stop and get a corn dog at the place called the cozy dog which many people say is where the corn dog was invented. Wow. Um, in St. Louis, the, the, you can you can eat at a steak and shake. There's lots of those along the old highway in in uh, in Missouri. Uh, Ted Drew's frozen custard is in St. Louis. It's there are and you notice I haven't mentioned a single chain restaurant. So no, you haven't. <laughs> no, for good reason. Well, if you go out on the old highway. It's not about eating in chains. Now, you know, you might have a situation where you, you're starving to death and you've got to stop at Mickey D's and, and get something. But really, along the old highway, there are all these. And, and as, you, as you put together your trip, there are lots of books. And we have links to several of them at TravelGuysRadio.com if you're interested in, in starting to do some Route 66 research. But there are all these wonderful old places in these little towns. And that's all part of doing this is that you're you've decided that you're going to slow down and you're going to meet the people and you're going to see the landscape you're going to stop in places like Pontiac Illinois and where there's a Route 66 Hall of Fame where a lot of these old characters have been remembered um you're going to stop in Lincoln Illinois which was the first town named Lincoln to be named Lincoln before he got to be president so those guys knew something perhaps there they 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 knew Something about Mr. Lincoln. Of course, his presidential library is in Springfield. There's a little town of Miami, Oklahoma, which is spelled Miami, but pronounced Miami, um, which is a great place to stop. Galena, Kansas is another great little place along the road. Um, there are little oddities that have sprung up along the road. There's a guy in Illinois whose daughter, his, his, his home is on Route 66 on the one of the old alignments. His daughter got a couple of he got his daughter a couple rabbits when she was in high school he made a terrible terrible mistake instead of getting <laughs> two rabbits of the same sex he got one of each sex and suddenly he had rabbits everywhere and the daughter grew up and moved away and went off to college and dad had all these rabbits and so he's a uh uh oh, what does he do he's a, something to do with property uh um, he's not a real estate guy, but he's in that in that business. Anyway, his office was there. So he started taking care of the rabbits, and then he decided to get shells of old VW rabbit cars. And he's got them just spaced around randomly around his property. So we call it the Rabbit Ranch. And you can stop and, and, and say hi to Henry and title company. That's what that's what Henry runs is a title mm -hmm. company alongside the road. Um, now are these are these rabbit ra rabbit uh, automobiles which I actually owned a rabbit back in the uh -huh. day actually rabbits and a rabbit car uh are they standing on their noses like the Cadillac ranch yes yes they, they are they're 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 in pieces and just mm -hmm. the front end um is standing up in the air and he's got I don't know a dozen or so of them at least around his around his property 
Um, there's a guy in Missouri. We stop here. Uh, Missouri, the, the part of Missouri that Route 66 runs through is really the Bible Belt. I mean, it's like the buckle of the Bible Belt. So these people are, are, are you know, they have a lifestyle and stuff that heads in a particular direction. Well, this guy decided he moved in, and he decided that he was going to, you know, aggravate him, I guess. So he started a place, a, a gift shop, a snack shop, and he called it Uranus. Of course, <laughs> after the planet in the solar system, I'm sure, mm-hmm. or perhaps not. Um, so it's – and he put up all these billboards, you know, and he did some catchy things with the name. You can only imagine what he could do with a gift shop named Uranus and how you could play off of that. And it aggravated the local people to no end. They put up a billboard, a Bible billboard, right next to one of his – near his store and so then he changed his billboard to reference their billboard and so um you know these are it's 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 all in good fun although i'm not sure all of the local residents consider it to be in good fun but that the rabbit ranch and uranus are just examples of a couple of the places that are along there's a guy who saw his hometown in in oklahoma deteriorating and he wanted to save it and so what he started, he started buying up the buildings, and he moved the buildings to another location and created a replica of his own hometown. It's called Red Oak. Um, who would do something like that? And <laughs> so the opportunity to – some of the old-timers along the road now have passed, and, and I'm grateful for the fact that I got to meet many of them, and I know some of these stories and can share them with people. But if you love off-the-beaten-track travel, you can do yourself no wrong by carving out enough time to, to spend a few days on Route 66. And it's very different. The Illinois section of 66 is very different than the Arizona section of 66 because the topography is very different. So the eastern side is very different from the western side. And, you know, you'll be able to stop in Amarillo on the western half. And like Tom was talking about the Cadillacs that with the rear end sticking up, somebody planted these old Cadillacs in the ground and people spray paint them and everybody stops and takes pictures of them. And, I, you know, I mean, you could say, why would they do that? But it's just part of this feel along the old road and the old timers that you meet out there. And uh, as, as we started off this segment, I'm mentioning the uh – uh, Radiator Springs uh, in Cars Land, if you will, at uh, Disneyland. Uh, if you're standing there and you're you're looking off to uh, into the landscape, you see these these cliffs. And if you look closely, you'll see that the cliffs are cut in the shape of the fin tails of uh, of Cadillacs. So, in an effort to here again bring to life what Route 66 is all about. Uh, that particular backdrop, most people go there, they look at it, and they say, well, they're just mountains. It's mountains. They just happen to be kind of pointy mountains. They are not. They are specifically (laughs) Cadillac tail fins. I would say those are probably 1950s, uh, more than likely, uh, Cadillac tail fins. Check it out. Yeah. The guy who did cars went out on 66, and he met a bunch of the people, um, the voices of a couple of the characters on 66 are from people who are out on 66 mike wallace uh, one of the authors there's a link to one of his books which was written 30 years ago but the great thing about 66 is that it hasn't changed much in 30 years 
So there are some new people running places now, but it hadn't changed a whole lot. So a book that's 30 years old for some places would be terribly out of date in today's times, but something on Route 66 would not. Anyways, um, there are links to a lot of these things that I was talking about, um, to some of the tours and some of the resources, and you could go down a rabbit hole and look at Route 66 stuff for hours and hours and hours on the Internet. If you're an off-the-beaten-track person, I strongly recommend that you consider the possibility of a route of a trip on Route 66. And we'll come back and talk a little bit about the western side of the road a little bit later on in the year, and also, as I mentioned, about the historic Lincoln Highway, which actually passes through Sacramento. The first transcontinental road across the country actually comes through Sacramento in a couple of different uh, routes. So we'll talk about that uh, one time here in a couple of months. And as promised, it's time to dip into the Travel Guy's mailbag. So, Mark, you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Let's get started, my friends. Our first question comes from Janaya. Okay, I think I got that right. She says, uh, you guys talked about allowing enough time for connections in airports and talked about the time it takes to get off the plane and all. So, what is the best amount of time for a layover between flights? Pretty generic question, but what's your answer there, Mark? I would say uh, an ideal amount for somebody who doesn't have any assistive devices and can reasonably walk through an airport, I would say an hour and a half. Um, it, that gives you enough time to be able to use restroom facilities and maybe get something to eat if you need to. Plus, if you're, if you're sitting in the back of your plane and the plane you're leaving on, you know, your plane's 15 minutes late getting in and the other plane's leaving on time, you're in the back of the plane, you've allowed yourself a little bit of a buffer. Um, I used to think that an hour was what I was shooting for, but now I, I kind of look at an hour and a half as being the optimum time. If it gets under an hour, it makes me nervous. Uh, because, like, if you're flying United to Denver, you can have to change concourses. United in Houston, same thing. Uh, American Airlines in Dallas, you could have to change concourses. So um, it, it, it's, it's not as easy as it looks. Be wary of any, can't, of any connecting time that's under an hour for sure. But I think an hour and a half is optimum. Some people prefer to have a couple of hours. I know people who prefer to fly a flight with a connection than a five-hour nonstop across the country just because they want to be able to get up and move around and they can use the facilities in in an airport better than they can on an airplane. Would you ever take one of those uh, 35, 40-minute flights with a turnaround of that short a time? If it was the only option available and it was really the best choice – I might, but I would only do that. I certainly wouldn't do it with a large group of people, um, with a tour group or something like that. I, I, I might do it myself or with one other person that I know that I knew had the ability to run from from gate A to gate B, B, gate B. But yeah, be careful with those because an awful lot of things can happen. I've pulled up to an airline gate before where they couldn't get the gate to move, so they couldn't let you off the airplane for ten or fifteen or twenty minutes because the darn gate was malfunctioning, or they couldn't get the door open. Or I've flown enough around long enough that just about everything that can happen can ha- has happened. And you'd be surprised at the screwball stuff that can mess you up when you're flying. A little extra time never hurts. John is puzzled about gas pump prices around airports. 
He asks the question, why is gas for rental cars fill-ups so reasonably priced at some airports and such a rip-off at others? You can count on Orlando to be $2 over the price around town. New York, on the other hand, is generally reasonable. Some small towns with one station are fairly priced. Others take you to the cleaners. Knowing that you don't, knowing that you won't drive 10 to 20 miles for a better price when you have a plane to catch. So thanks for listening, John says, to his rant. Uh, he's just, uh, it just pisses him off. And I yeah. know a lot of other people that feel the same. I, I get it. I'm sure a lot of people, when they leave Sacramento, most of us who live here, we go out to the airport. We don't have to get gas at the airport unless some weird thing has happened. You know, the, the airport filling station out there service station the arco there isn't another station you got to go to woodland if you're going west and you got to go all the way back to natomas if you're going east so if you don't like the price there you're kind of stuck and the price at the arco there is consistently one of the highest in town we were told by the previous airport director that they pay a concession fee so that's why their price is higher but i still think it's a bad idea to the last thing that people do is fill up the rental car. So if you're going to rip them off, the last thing they do when they leave town, I have never forgotten paying five ninety nine a gallon for gas in Orlando years ago when the price on the street was about three and a half. So and have I held that against Orlando? You damn bet I do. I th- I think it's just it's it's bizarre that a tourism destination would do something like that. Anyway, I'm done with my rant too. Thanks, John. All right. Shauna is asking about the housekeepers in hotels. She, she says that, that I know they, they work, uh, their work is, is part, partly paid by tips. But if they're only cleaning rooms every few days, it seems like the tips would be down. And the rooms probably take more time to clean these days. And do you tip housekeepers, Mark? Uh, and uh, can you pr- provide some guidelines for, for Shauna, for a relatively new traveler? Yeah. Um, housekeepers are the most overworked and underpaid people in the entire tourism system. So if you want to reward somebody and just feel good about your what you've done, leave a few bucks for the housekeeper on the bed. Um, and you're right, Shauna. Um, there are fewer housekeepers. So while they're being asked to clean the same number of rooms, in some cases they're being asked to clean rooms that are only being cleaned every three or four days. And, you know, I don't know about you, but if you only picked up around your kitchen every three or four days instead of every night, there'd be a lot more stuff to pick up. And clean up. So, uh, yes, housekeepers are working harder. There are fewer of them. And, um, you know, if you if, if you lay, leave a tip for housekeepers on your bed, there's a place in heaven for you someday. Oh, very nice. Very true. Okay. Uh, this last isn't so much a question, but a, a statement about Southwest, and I think it, it deserves being read. Gene offers kudos to the Southwest people in the Sacramento airport specifically. He says, my wife uses a cane, and even when we check our bags outside with the sky cap, they always get her a wheelchair and get us right up to the gate. I wanted to say thank you to the wheelchair pushers and the sky caps at the Southwest for taking such good care of my wife and I. Uh, we are both in our 80s, so there you go. You can see some some people still get it. Well, that's, I always like the skycaps. That's nice that he took a minute to send that to us because he didn't know if we would read it on the air or not, but we did. And I will also say the skycaps at Southwest are good buddies of ours at Sports Leisure Vacations. They are very good at helping make our people's journey a little easier, and I agree with him about the people at Southwest, particularly the skycaps. A little bit of the Irish. We're going to talk about it next week as we approach uh, St. Patrick's Day. A special guest will be joining us about Ireland. I think you'll enjoy it. So uh, stick around and be here next week. And remember, dance like nobody's watching. 
All right, folks, stay well. Take care of yourselves. Go Giants. Go Sacramento Kings. Go have a good time. See you next time here on The Travel Guys.